You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. This episode of No Love Lost is brought to you by FredsBS.com. That's Breads and Spreads by Fred. As you know, the fall season is the perfect time to treat yourself to some delicious baked goods, so why not head on over to fredsbs.com and get yourself some delicious treats like brown sugar buddies or brownies or blondies. Oh my, there are so many delicious things there. Fred is actually going to be changing up the way he places orders, so be sure to keep up with No Love Lost on Twitter at No Love Lost Pod, uh, and we'll keep you guys up to date on all of the web website changes that Fred is going to be going through as far as taking orders go. However, no matter what the changes are, you will be able to use the coupon code NOLOVELOST to get 20% off of your order. And if you're looking for other ways to support us, you can go to the Podcast Jukebox Network and go buy yourself some No Love Lost merchandise, like No Love Lost t-shirts and Crazy About Kurt t-shirts. Uh, as a minor housekeeping note, we tried a different method of recording this particular episode uh, as sort of a test run, and as a result, our audio quality is not up to its usual standard. So please bear with us on that one. We apologize. Uh, our audio should be back to normal for our next recording session. So uh, sorry about that in advance. I hope you guys still enjoy the episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. We love you guys. Uh, and as always, we want to hear from you. Be sure to go to iTunes and leave a comment, rate, review, all that jazz. We want to hear what you guys have to say about this crazy, crazy show. So thank you once again for supporting us. Thank you guys for listening. Y'all are the best. On that note, Michelle, if you would be so kind. Let's go to the island. I would like to see the polar bears. There was a crash and there are others and there are numbers. And it all means something supposed to anybody even know there times we hang our heads in sadness we know there's no love lost we had to go back debatable i actually <laughs> today it is debatable um <laughs> Is it? Did you not like? This no, no, episode? no. I I love this episode. Come it's a, to the dark a, side. It's a it's a off air joke. <laughs> Welcome back to No Love Lost. You can't just exclude our audience. <laughs> the podcast in which we dissect to the millisecond each episode. No, 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 no. <laughs> That would be terrible. That we're, would be the worst. Yes, first second of this episode. <laughs> we're going to do an hour just on that. <laughs> uh, I am your host, Will Link, and with me as always... Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. And we are going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 14, One of Them. One of Them. them. One, one of, of Them. them. <laughs> that doesn't Google, sound as good. gobble, Google, gobble. I was going to say, it doesn't sound as good as One of Us. One of us, we accept her. One, one of, of us. us. <laughs> um, this episode 
See, here's the thing. I'll just say this about this episode. Um, it's one of those that you don't realize the first time you're watching it how important this episode is going to be. And I also don't know if at that time I was paying as much attention to like showrunners and stuff yeah. like that because it should always be when you see the names Lindelof and Coos as the writers. Yeah, that you, you should, should be like, oh. Um, and granted, sometimes you get episodes like Sun loses her wedding ring. Yeah. <laughs> but then other times you get stuff like this that has major ramifications later down the line. And and I'll be honest, well, I think I had more fun watching this episode this time around than I did the first time I watched it because of exactly what you're talking about. You you don't realize at the time how important it is. Like my, I kept like going, holy shit, like throughout this episode. <laughs> and it's also, you know, yeah, you, you go holy shit watching this episode so much because it is the introduction of what ends up being one of the great characters who is with us to the end of the series. But, yeah, he ends up in that church, doesn't he? Oh, no, 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 he doesn't end up in the church. <laughs> Good, he doesn't deserve to be there. Um, but but he, he does get to stand by the door. <laughs> he hangs out outside. Um, I will say, um, we like, uh, like now that we've talked about the church, uh, if this is your first episode of No Love Lost for some reason, <laughs> you should know that we spoil the entire series because this whole the crux of this podcast is how the ending made us feel and then going back and revisiting the show. So just so you know, we are spoiling everything. This episode, um, I mentioned who wrote it, but it was directed by Stephen Williams, who also has directed quite a few episodes. And um, yes, it is the introduction of Benjamin Linus in this episode known as Henry Gale. Uh, <laughs> Played by Michael Emerson, one of two actors who ends up winning an Emmy for the series also. I will say, first, you know, a couple minutes of the episode, when his name popped up in the credits, like, as the episode's getting started, I'm not gonna lie, a big smile did, like, creep up on my face. Even though I hate Ben, he's one of those characters that, like, you're supposed to hate, that, like, you you love to hate or whatever. But, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just experiencing a lot of nostalgia because, like, like I said, a smile went across my face, and I'm like, I don't know why. I hate Ben. He's the worst. You know, it's one of those things that they're <laughs> He's always evil. They're always characters on shows that, and this is why I say that if she'd stuck around two or three seasons, I probably would have ended up liking Anna Lucia. But where you're like, oh, Ben's the worst. But uh, but also you know he's like deliciously the worst. <laughs> he's straight up mustache twirling villain, the worst. <laughs> he also what's what's interesting about him, and this is also Michael Emerson, the actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Emerson, not an intimidating looking guy. <laughs> not like he ends up being like a scary guy because of the performance he gives, but he's such just kind of like a nothing guy. <laughs> You know, yeah. just from the exterior look. So when you find this guy in the jungle, that makes it all the more like, well, is he really like, because he's a guy that we can all beat the I... shit out of. And Ben gets the shit beat out of him many times this series, starting with this episode. <laughs> I, like, I'm thinking about, like, when this episode aired and when the first time I saw the movie Saw 
Like, I'm trying to think of like the order of events because I think I saw the movie Saw before he was introduced. Like, I might be mixing up my dates. Is he in Saw? He's in Saw. Did you not know that? I Have only you seen Saw? I saw Saw. Tell me what you saw. <laughs> I, I saw Saw. <laughs> that sounds so weird. Uh, I believe it's opening weekend in the theater. Really? And I never saw it again. Not, not, I, thought it, I thought it was a pretty solid film. Um, but that was at least two years before this episode. Okay, so I'm going to take us on a tangent real quick <laughs> because, okay, time for a horror movie tangent, everybody. Um, yes, the uh, Michael Emerson is in the original Saw. He is the one who plays the hospital orderly. And spoilers for Saw, if you haven't seen Saw, which that movie's like a decade and a half old, go see that movie. It's pretty, it, it holds up, I think. Um, the first one does. And all the other ones, meh, two is all right. But like, oh, so he plays the hospital orderly that Jigsaw takes advantage of. And he's like, look, you're going to kidnap this, uh, the wife and child of this doctor guy. And you're going to do what I say. And if you don't, uh, you're going to die. And so the entire movie, you think Michael Emerson is actually Jigsaw because he's the one that has, um, Carrie Elway's character's wife and daughter like kidnapped and he's the one like watching on monitors to see how like stuff in the room is going down and so the entire movie you think he's Jigsaw and then when he comes into the room at the end and gets killed like you think ah the day is saved like bad guy defeated and then Jigsaw actually like stands up because he's been in the room the whole time like Michael Emerson is that so like the first time I Jigsaw misdirect yeah he's the red herring Um, And so the first time I rewatched Saw after like a million years of having not seen it, I was like, wait a minute, Ben Linus was in this movie? And there's another, um, there's another actor uh, in Saw who ends up in a later season of Lost. Um, The character Miles, I think is his name. Uh, Oh yeah, the the kind of psychic guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Or can talk to the dead. Yeah, the the son of like that that scientist that keeps popping up in uh, all all the crazy videos. He is also a cop in the original Saw, and he gets he gets killed in that first movie. I guess Damon Lindelof was a big Saw fan, maybe. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> but oh. it's just funny when you see like actors in a completely separate thing who end up being in the same project later on down the road. So, uh, for all you Michael Emerson fans out there who didn't already know, he is in Saw. Well, let's get into the episode. No, I think we should break down the entire Saw franchise. <laughs> I didn't. I never watched past two. Uh, neither did I. <laughs> because two was good, and then I heard three was garbage, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. Um, we're talking so much about a character whose name isn't even uttered in this episode, Benjamin Linus. (laughs) But this is really a Saeed episode. It is. And thank God, because Saeed is a character who, at this point, 14 episodes into the season. He's done nothing this season. He's kind of gotten short, uh, uh, shortchanged. Yeah, let's say shortchanged. And he's... (laughs) I don't know what word you were trying to say. Short, shrift, shift. There's a phrase, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Saeed hasn't had all that much to do other than like the episode with Anna Lucia where he kind of had, but he's tied up that whole episode. Yeah, like 
ever since Shannon died, he hasn't had much to do, which is fine because I, I very much have enjoyed the development we got for the Tailies and for Mr. Echo and for Anna Lucia. And like, it seems like ever since the Tailies sort of stuff wrapped up, we've been like focusing on getting caught up with characters who we hadn't spent a lot of time with. Like characters. Kate got an episode, Charlie got an episode. Characters we already know and love. Yeah, Sawyer got an episode. Um, and now Saeed is getting another episode too. And like Jack got another episode. Jack, for some reason, <laughs> gets the most flashback episodes for reasons unbeknownst to all of us. When Saeed's <laughs> flashbacks are so much more interesting because he's in the fucking Republican guard oh, of Iraq. It's so rich and fascinating. And like his episodes, no joke, like thus far have had some of the best television drama like period i think i've ever seen also by the way uh saeed has aged very well because this <laughs> is the first gulf war. this isn't the the war that was going on at the time of yeah. lost's airing in 2004 when its series started this was the the first gulf war uh and when we first see saeed he's there with other republican guards the u.s troops are coming in and they're shredding documents like crazy. They're trying to get rid yeah. of everything. And they, they, he actually gives a, a timestamp for us about how old he was because he said that when the Americans came, he was 23 years old. Yeah. So he's just a little bitter. Well, okay, but here's the thing that's funny about that. <laughs> He looks old. He's not, <laughs> he does not 23. Look 23. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is one of those things, like um, like uh, what, like uh, like last season where they like threw a weird wig on Jack or something yeah. like that. And it's like he's a young man. Look at that young, fresh-faced boy. Yeah, Saeed does not look twenty. You look good for your age now, Saeed. But you, you don't look. look great for your age now like let's not undersell how great you look like for a guy who's been to war 15 years <laughs> later or so you're looking good you look fantastic but um a pretty tense opening scene where the american troops come in and some of the people doing the documentary they got guns pointed at them but they don't know what the orders that are being barked at them are they want to know oh, who's in this charge this was so good this was so good and we know saeed can probably speak English at this point in his life and he he eventually because well, they're gonna shoot it's very clear that he can because there's understanding in his face yeah when um the Americans say like hey you guys need to stop or we're gonna shoot you um there's understanding in his eyes when he hears that and, and he tells them to stop he kind of but he's not in charge no one the leaders have left they've kind of left this mess so they realize they got a guy there who, you know, seems to have some sense uh, and also can speak English. So, Kate's father, or stepfather... Wait! Was that him? Yeah. Oh, my God! <laughs> Didn't you catch later when he no! looks at the picture of young Kate? No! Oh, my God! Oh, like, you can't see me right now, listeners, but I am indicating with my hand how far over my her head that went. Her hands immediately <laughs> went to her head in disbelief. <laughs> that's awesome! Yeah. Oh, He's the one so who cool. initially approaches him. 
That's uh, so cool. Yeah. Because like one of the best things about season one is like seeing how these characters like kind of cross paths. And that was one of my favorite things about Sawyer's episode was just him ending up at the the diner where Kate's mom works. Like yeah. how how much these people's lives intersected before they all ended up on the island is just such a cool aspect of this show. And Kate's father is the first person to be like, hey, listen, they give them this kind of direct look. There's this pilot. We believe guy you know, Tariq, knows the location of this guy. We need you to talk to him. We need you to find out. And they bring him to this interrogation room kind of a nicer interrogation than will happen <laughs> later for lots of people. But they basically are just asking Saeed to translate. And and Tariq is basically yelling at Saeed this whole time, like, you're a disgrace, you have no honor. You're, you're a soldier. Take that man's gun and start shooting them. You can take a couple of them out before they kill you. And it's like, ooh, Ooh, and like, I get it. If you're a soldier, yeah, you are signing up to potentially die, but like... But there's a difference between that and an out-and-out -out suicide mission. Yeah, absolutely. You know, look, he's been caught. He's been had. And also, at this point, they don't know what's about to happen, Tyrek. They don't know that the troops end up pulling out and Saddam stays in power. So Saeed's trying to be... You know, he's he's also looking out for Tariq because he doesn't fully translate. No, he, like, he this guy is, a, is saying, like, tell him, like, his mother is a dog or something yeah. like that. And, and he just, like, doesn't know. <laughs> doesn't know. Which is the way you play a thing like this anyway. But they know that this guy's saying more because... It's like when uh, Daenerys wanted to get the army of the Unsullied and this guy is just, like, trash-talking yeah. her the whole time. And the translator's just like, yep. He says, it's cool. If, if someone translates with a one-word answer after someone's gone on a long diatribe, <laughs> you know. Um, so they decide. And that's when Saeed says, Dracarez, and, the whole yeah. <laughs> and then the dragon comes in. He keeps saying he doesn't know, but they also are convinced that Saeed is the one who can get the answers. So they bring him to Clancy Brown. This blew my mind because I remember this episode. I remember like Saeed having to torture this guy to like get information. And I, I think we'll see another episode like this again where he vows not to do. <laughs> this is so funny because like he's constantly vowing, I'll never torture again. And then always jumps to torture as the only solution to the problem that, that they're facing. Hey, Tiger can't change its stripes. <laughs> you run, I con. Saeed tortures, I guess. I mean, those things aren't necessarily all equivalent, if you, if you really think about it. Um, but, like, uh, it's cool to see Saeed's, like, origin story. What I was even more blown away by was the presence of Clancy Brown here, because we've been talking about him and the role he'll play later on in the season, 
he ends up in the hatch with Desmond. So having had that discussion and not remembering that he was in this episode, I like same thing that just uh, that I did a minute ago <laughs> where I threw my hands up over my head and went, wait, what? Like I did that watching this episode <laughs> when Clancy Brown showed up. Cause I was like, I did not remember he was in this and it's amazing. Yeah. I'm like, how do you go from there to being in the hatch, my dude? Oh no. <laughs> Um, so Clancy Brown basically feels he can turn Saeed. Yeah. And one way he does is he shows that Tariq ordered Saeed's village gassed with sarin gas. What I love about this whole sequence, though, is like, he's like, look, you're clearly an honorable man. Loyalty is a virtue. And I respect that about you. Loyalty is a, is a virtue. Unquestioning loyalty is not. Yeah. And he's like, and like looking at you, you don't seem to be the unquestioningly loyal type. There were, you have relatives in this village, like, and this guy indiscriminately murdered people throughout the entire marketplace. Yeah. And we don't, we'll never know if like any of Saeed's relatives happen to be victims of that particular attack. Like that's, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They, this guy was gassing their own people, the people that Saeed in theory is trying to protect. Yeah. Women and children, just innocent civilians just going about their lives. So he, this is what Saeed needs to go back in there. And he's going to do now because there's some rage behind him at this point too. He's going to do whatever it takes. Cause like a lot of what Tariq was like, lot like lobbing at him was you have no honor for cooperating with them. Like you, you have no honor. You're a disgrace. Murdering innocent people, people is so, is like so beyond dishonorable. You have no honor. Fuck you. You have no honor. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what it's basically. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, fuck you. I'm not the one killing innocent people. <laughs> and he, we don't see exactly what it is, but we see the moment where he starts taking out his tools of torture. Oh, man. <laughs> and when he comes out and says, the pilot was executed, I could bring you to oh. where he was buried, he says it so matter of fact, which makes it even colder, which makes it like, oh, shit you were meant to do this this is your skill set uh, he comes as he comes out of there to, to clancy brown so matter of fact about this like you know that feeling you get when you try something new and you realize you have a knack for it like and how like oh hey like i could do this like like can imagine how that feeling would like what that would do to you if you had to do something awful to somebody and you're like ah oh, shoot i'm really good at that <laughs> we took the podcasting right away we could have easily took to uh murder oh no <laughs> why why is this the thing i'm good at <laughs> like yeah you know i mean if if it turned out I was the Beethoven of murder <laughs> wouldn't i have to murder like would you become an assassin I mean, I mean, international assassin is a is a you could plum be John, job. You could be John Cusack in Gross Point Blank. Oh, I thought you were going to say it could be John Wick. You could be John. Be John Wick. Wick. <laughs> get yourself a puppy. Don't let it get killed, though. Um. So it's really great because we see how the Americans made him a torturer, which is also kind of, you know, it does fin. So one of the interesting things about 
just to kind of skip to the 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 end of this when Clancy Brown is basically oh okay listen we've decided I guess we're not going all the way in this war so I'm still going to be in power you got a new skill set here's some money <laughs> it's also this interesting like kind of imperialistic thing of oh we go into nations and we we mess them up and we mess the people up forever yeah and we and that's clearly what has happened with Saeed we've gone in there and we messed him up and you know and that's the yeah. way it'll be now it's really good commentary it's really yeah. good commentary and it's upsetting <laughs> but i mean also accurate i feel like we talk about this every time um we have a saeed episode where it's just like well this is sobering and still very poignant it's still relevant so this takes us how does all this come into play <laughs> somebody okay here's the deal somebody outside of our recording area sounds like if they are being tortured by saeed i have no idea if this is picking up on the mic but honestly i think it's fitting for this episode <laughs> that you would hear screams in the deep background <laughs> we just want you to know that that's coming from outside and not from uh, a secret murder basement that will has <laughs> nothing, nothing nothing nefarious can, nothing can stifle the screams <laughs> <laughs> Nothing um, nefarious going on. You're not like an H.H. Holmes where you actually like built this apartment to have a couple murder rooms, now did you? So on the <laughs> island... <laughs> that wasn't a no! <laughs> so on the island, Anna Lucia, <laughs> let's start with her, her big appearance in this episode. She's, you know, looking for Jack because that's the only person she'd ever look for. Uh, but she sees Saeed and she says, oh, there's somebody in the jungle. And Saeed's like, take me. She... <laughs> well, because she's like, where's Jack? And he's like, why do you need Jack? <laughs> yeah. um, I I love that. Uh, we'll get to it. But I, I really like this. And we'll talk about it why in just a second. So we get into the jungle and Saeed sees who it is. He sees it's Rousseau. And he tells Ana Lucia, like, get out of here. Don't tell anybody uh, about this. I, I really, I mean, it's super brief. But I love this interaction because like the previously on was actually pretty extended because like yes. there, there was a lot to remind the audience of because it's the like, stuff from last season. Yeah, there's stuff from last season. The fact that Anna Lucia, you know, killed Shannon and like, like, because that's a big part of Saeed's like emotional journey in this episode too. And just the acting in between them, like it's not outwardly hostile, but you could tell that there's still a lot of anger and a lot of grief in Saeed's performance, but he also knows it's not, like even though it's Anna Lucia's fault, like that she didn't do it on purpose. And that like Anna Lucia still feels really bad about it. And so I really like just their interactions here. It comes off as really authentic, as somebody who's mad and like and grieving but has nowhere to direct those feelings at because the person responsible didn't do it maliciously so he he has like nowhere to direct these feelings and Anna Lucia is still feeling really remorseful and like that's so 
very apparent um, in their performances. So I just, I really liked this moment. Um, so Saeed gets to talk to Rousseau. Yeah, Danielle, Rousseau fan favorite, woo! And the audience goes wild and claps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Rousseau is basically like, eh, I gotta show you something, but she doesn't wanna get into it. <laughs> and Saint's so like, hey, listen, last time you did this, <laughs> hey, you stole a baby. You did, that was a thing that happened. <laughs> and it hadn't occurred to me that, oh, it's been a while since we've seen Rousseau. Yeah. And yeah, I guess that was the last time we hung out with her, huh? Basically, in a show of trust, she gives Saeed her gun. I love he that inspects. he checks. <laughs> I love that he checks because the last time he had a gun on her, like in in like w when they first met, that gun was not loaded. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. It was such a good scene. So I love I love that he checked. <laughs> and she brings him to some uh, uh someone who she caught in one of her traps and she <laughs> says this man is an other don't believe a word he says and spoiler alert for the series yeah don't <laughs> everything is this, a monster everything this man ever says is pretty much a lie maybe by the final season he's being honest now i i love i love this episode like, I, it's so weird to hear me say that. Um, I really like this episode. I do have a problem with, this is the one thing that my knowledge with hindsight, to me, acts as a detractor for this episode. Because she catches this man and then throws him to Saeed and goes, yeah, you take him. Have fun with that. The reason I have a problem with that is this is the man who stole her baby. Yeah. How did she not fucking torture him herself? But and does went, she I got you. Does she know it's the man who stole her baby? He stole her baby at gunpoint. He said, and if you ever come after us, like, I'll kill your baby. Like, I, I think, the, I, if I'm remembering correctly, he was supposed to kill her and, like, everybody there, came across the baby uh, unexpectedly, and went, uh, I'm just gonna take this. You clear out, and I won't murder you. This is mine now. <laughs> Man, I don't remember that. Ep I don't remember but the details yeah, of that episode. He was the one that physically was there well, I when knew, he took no, their. I knew he, he was the baby. one who took the baby. I didn't remember whether she knew who took the baby. Other I than just feel the like others. if someone. Took oh, this seems like a big hole. Yeah. That's that's my one thing where I'm like, but, if I'm remembering that episode correctly, which I might not be. Like, we've, we've made it very clear that <laughs> my memory is a little spotty about those middle seasons. But if my memory is correct, why would she give this man to Saeed? Well, that's why I don't think she knows he's the one. I, th I think this is a case of, like, Look, a, well, a mild retcon later on down We'll the find out yeah. months from now. <laughs> um, years years from now. now. I think um, this is a case of something that got retconned. Well, that's... Like, I feel like at this point, they didn't know that he was the one that took her baby as of yet. This man claims his name is Henry Gale. Lies. Which is Dorothy Gale's uncle from The Wizard of Oz. 
and much like the Wizard of Oz, he says he was in a hot air balloon. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And uh, he's from Minnesota. <laughs> he should have taken the name of the wizard, honestly, and, because he's such a liar. <laughs> and he crashed on the island with his wife. And they've been there for... Did he mention the name of his wife? <laughs> oh, he did. So I was like, please tell me it's Auntie M. <laughs> he did, but it was not that. Oh, um, boo. Commit to the bit, Benjamin. <laughs> and, God damn it. <laughs> and he got, um, uh, he said we've been there four months, and recently the his wife died. She got sick. She got sick and died. Um, so, Saeed is well actually i'm i'm missing a, a, a an important part here because saeed frees him yeah well first danielle tags him with a cross well, i was gonna say but that's after <laughs> yeah. he like cuts him loose he yeah. cuts him loose and then she immediately hits him with a crossbow he's like you could have killed him she's like if i wanted to kill him he'd be dead which he took your baby why didn't you kill him she, I'm, i am convinced <laughs> she doesn't know he's the other that did that i am convinced that that is a plot hole <laughs> we will find out uh, and there are people listening right now who know and are know, yelling, yelling at us. us. <laughs> um, so he brings them to the hatch and to Locke. He wakes Locke up from Locke's <laughs> slumber. Locke, who doesn't, isn't a guy who seems to jump into action when he's woken up. Like, I would have thought Locke would be like, oh. so they, you know, question him a little bit, lightly question him. And um because they're like, that is a that is a crossbow through you. Oh dear. <laughs> and then Jack comes in and is basically like, what is this? <laughs> Jack getting all high and mighty. Jack has issues with all everything going down. <laughs> he's and, like, there's a lot happening right now. <laughs> and he starts to 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 treat uh Henry Gale's wound. Uh well, to be fair. I mean, like, I agree. I think Jack's being a little, you know, a little prissy here. But, like, to be fair, if you are the doctor and there are constantly people getting scraped and hurt and, like, all sorts of things, like, I can definitely imagine being, like, I'm just going down to the hatch to do my shift and then, like, coming in and seeing a man that was run through with a crossbow being, like, <sighs> like. This, like, this another again. one. What is it now? <laughs> it's like um, a mom who has to keep cleaning up her kids' messes, you know? <laughs> it never ends. There's always somebody that needs to be patched up. So I, I get Jack being like, oh, come on, guys. I just wanted a normal day. But you know what? Here's the thing. And we're going to skip ahead a little bit here. Eventually, him and Locke have this discussion about it because... What, the mechanics of, of what happened, maybe we'll just go through the mechanics quickly. They, Saeed knows he has to torture this man. He knows he has to find out the truth. Yep. And he tells Locke that Jack's going to have a problem with that. And Locke knows Jack's going to have a problem with that. So what he convinces Locke to do is to change the combination on the armory so Saeed which could be violates the the trust that was established between him and jack in the previous episode and he's like i'm gonna do what needs to be done and Locke agrees to this so when saeed goes to jack 
we should lock them in the armory. Jack's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Not knowing the combination. Okay? And when Saeed closes the door, Locke kind of just sheepishly hangs around while Jack is like, why can't I get in here? Well, first of all, Jack, you're an idiot. You know why you can't get in there. <laughs> How did this man become a doctor? <laughs> and, but now here's where I will defend Locke in getting back to the, you're saying Jack is being a little Pollyanna-ish about all this. Locke says, hey, you're raising an army, which you didn't ask me to be in, which is crazy. Which like, again, what army were they raising? They didn't ask Kate. They didn't ask Sawyer. They didn't ask Locke. What were you doing, Jack? They didn't Jack? ask Saeed, who was in an army. What? Who were they hoping? What? You got Steve Scott and, like, no one else, guys. You did a bad with your army. You did a bad with those invitations. But Locke basically says, in your mind, we are at war why aren't we doing this? Why aren't we checking this guy's story out? You're the one, you're the one who basically has declared war. Yeah, on the others. And uh, so this is the sort of shit that happens in war. This is what happens when you try to play general, Jack. Now here's, to me, the best stuff of the episode. The interrogation, I think, is so well done. Yeah, because even though we have the hindsight um, that like comes with having seen the series already, at the time, you don't know. Because like I said, the, the beginning of the episode makes it very clear that Saeed is looking for a direction to channel all this anger and grief outward. And he can't do it to Anna Lucia because that's not right. And so who comes along but this guy who may or may not be an other, who may or may not be lying. And so the entire time, we can't tell if Saeed is just looking for and, an excuse or if this guy is genuinely lying. That's what's, you're right. That is what's so brilliant about because we trust Saeed yeah. generally. So they did a great job of putting the only reason we might mistrust him, that he's taking out his pain on somebody else that who, he's who doesn't not deserve thinking it. Yeah. rationally. And again, Michael Emerson is presented as kind of meek. I mean, he's definitely just like blubbering and begging. And Saeed is asking him questions. He's asking questions. And to me, it seems like, I'm not a professional interrogator, but it seems like he's, you know, he knows facts about the balloon. Yeah. He knows things about... He's his, really thought about his backstory. He's, he's done, <laughs> he's done, done extensive character thinking work. about his backstory. Do you um, think way he, back in the day uh, when he was a wee lad in the Dharma Initiative that they had little community theaters? <laughs> then there's, there's one moment where he kind of slips up a bit where he says something about... We were rich. We're rich in the past tense. And I don't think the slip up is... I think what's interesting about the slip up is I think the, you know, it's kind of like the old Nixon, now maybe Trump thing of the cover up is worse than the crime, where he starts to sound less believable is when he's like, well, I guess I'm thinking of things in the past tense now. That seems like such a weird explanation yeah. to me. All, all you have to do is say, well, we were rich, like not as much anymore. Yeah. Like, like we made some bad financial decisions. We're not nearly as wealthy as we used to be. I feel like that would have been like a, a much more believable. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, he comes up with this. And 
we only know comes up with this now because of the hindsight we have. But he says this thing. At the time, I can't remember what I thought, but I'm pretty sure, though, by the end of this episode, I believed he was an other also. If uh, only because I understand the mechanics of storytelling and it's more you, interesting. You 100% are unsure the entire time up until you see that look on his face when the door closes. That ever so slight smirk of, I fucking won. Yeah. Like, that's the They're moment They're not going to let this guy beat me to death or anything. Yeah, because, like, that's not the look of a guy who is grateful to be out of a potentially life-threatening situation that he had no hope of escaping. That's the look of a motherfucker who came in with an agenda who just earned the trust of basically everyone around her. It, it's such a, it's such a good look. It's such a good look. And it's the, it's so subtle, but it's enough to let you know that Saeed was 100% right. Well, the other thing is that where Saeed starts to not believe his story is then when he asks about the wife and he's asking some very direct oh, questions. This is so good. About, this is so good. About how, when she died about where he buried her. How deep did he bury And How many shovels? Oh. Yeah. And Henry Gale is being a little like, I don't- Well, you can believe it. You can believe it because like, Saeed, like this is clearly escalating in terms of emotion. Like it's not just Saeed asking him about a fact. Saeed's getting emotional about it. And he's starting to raise his voice and yell and get up real close. Because now it's also getting personal. Yeah. And so you can understand Henry, like, fumbling to come up with an answer because he's getting scared at this escalating situation and not understanding but, why. But there is something true to what Saeed is saying. Like, yeah. a moment like that is something you would remember. He knows because he has just done this. Yeah. But Henry picks up on that. And he's and like, it was did like, you lose someone? And he kind of turns the table. And for a moment, Saeed kind of steps back. But then he comes back with full force and starts oh, punching it's him. It's so good. It's so good. This is such good writing and acting and storytelling. Ooh. So he's beating the hell out of him. And now Jack's starting to get like, we got to stop this. Because <laughs> like he's screaming. And so, yeah, screaming is coming from the other side of the door. <laughs> and Jack doesn't want to be a party to this. Even though he was raising an army and didn't invite anybody. <laughs> Who was supposed to be in this army, Jack? But lucky for Jack, it starts to coincide with a button needing to be pushed, which is the only button you can push on lock. He's got, so he knows the only, it's the only leverage he has on lock. He's preventing lock now. He's got him up against the wall. He's preventing him yeah. from pushing that Because And he reiterates, he's like, you're the one that believes in like whether or not not pushing the button is going to have any consequences. I don't think anything is going to fucking happen. Let's just see who's right. I do want to ask you, because Jack has lock pushed up against a wall at this point. And that's why lock can't just like run and go push the button. I have to ask, like, if Locke wanted to, could he have just punched Jack in the face and then, like, gone and typed in the number? Or, like, do you feel like Jack, like, Locke could have overpowered Jack if he had wanted to? Well, I think there's probably a part of Locke that has to still play sides and keep up appearances with it. I shouldn't say that sounds more well, embarrassing. Well, even, but, even if he does punch Jack in the face, like, it's entirely possible that Jack would then just, like, tackle him and they just Yeah, and then they're just fighting match. and he's not going to 
push the button anyway. But I like that Locke tries to like, oh, the combination is 15. He's he goes, like, I'm not an idiot. <laughs> Which actually was a, a very and, smart move. And Locke, just a quick aside here now, Locke runs, unlocks, and then he races to type in. And whenever people have to type anything in fast on this show, they are always screwing it up a little bit. <laughs> and it hits zero. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the numbers change to these symbols. To Egyptian hieroglyphics, if I'm not mistaken. And it's like, what is this? But Locke doesn't really have too much time to take it in because he does hit the execute button and... And it resets. And the world is saved. (laughs) Is it? Is Uh. it really? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I, I think at the time uh, that lost was like airing i love the first two mummy movies uh so like if i saw anything egyptian oriented i would have been like oh im hotel yeah. <laughs> like if you let the clock run down to zero it releases we're gonna see <laughs> we're gonna see egyptian symbols like there's a temple later in the series yeah i think and doesn't your box set um, oh, with yeah. all the DVDs, like have it's, a bunch of hieroglyphs. It's on the side of the, those exact symbols are on the side of my box set. Uh, nice. Uh, we probably should have looked up the trivia to determine whether or not they mean anything. Yeah, you know what? Because <laughs> I became so distracted by just the awesome torturing that was going on. <laughs> I mean, it's a great, it's a great sequence. Oh, no. and it's a great, this is fantastic. You, you have... This is how you do tension. You have a ticking clock on the outside of this thing. You have a man who may have lost his mind being a man who may or may not be a villain beating him. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you have Jack trying to stop a murder from potentially being committed. And then, yeah. And Saeed, he tells him, I know they are lying. I know this person is lying. Uh, He is an other where then the point is brought up that, well, to Rousseau, they're all others. They're others. Aren't we all others? <laughs> now, the episode ends. And Saeed is on a beach talking to Charlie. And I love this scene, too. He's talking to Charlie, and he tells Charlie, there's a man in a hatch, and I, I beat him. I beat him basically mercilessly. Like, I mean, <laughs> And Charlie goes, uh... yeah, why are you telling me this? And I was watching this episode and I was going, yeah, why is he telling him this again? And I think it's great because then when he says it, he says like, you haven't forgotten. They strung you up. They stole clay. You haven't forgotten those things. These people forget these things. These people yeah, forget. Jack's real quick to forget. Like, he's like, don't worry, Michael. We'll, we'll find a way to save Walt. And then immediately forgets about it and to the point where Michael has to run out into the jungle like a madman because nobody did anything. Even when Claire got kidnapped, it's like, we'll figure out a way to save this, save her. And then they do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Jackson, do nothing. Saeed to do something. Um, and he says to Charlie, you know how I know this man's guilty? Because I feel, I feel no guilt in what I did. And it's like, but that's not going to hold up in a court of law. <laughs> no. But as someone who's watched this show now for a season and a half, I'm like, I'm with, this makes sense because I believe in Saeed. Yeah. In which they're relying on the audience to, well, to 
to want to, or at least want to believe Saeed. And, and again, Michael Emerson's performance is just so, so good. Like I said, just that one look as the door was closing, as Saeed was, you know, forced out of the room, like that one very brief smirk of triumph. It's bone chilling. It is downright terrifying because because of like Ethan and Mr. Friendly, like we know what the others are capable of. So yeah, this guy doesn't look like much, but you see, you see in their evil intent. Yes. He's evil. He's evil, Will. You see that evil on his face and it's so, so good. And so like, <laughs> that made any sense. Um, so yeah, when Saeed says he doesn't feel bad about what he did, we believe him because we saw that look too. <laughs> so real fast, there's a B story. Oh my God. <laughs> this is like one of the most mean-spirited, pointless B stories I this think this B series has ever done. Has, I kept like, does more happen with this? So there's, no. a, there's a tree frog <laughs> that's really pissing Sawyer off. Sawyer always gets the weirdest B story. Sawyer gets a haircut. Sawyer, Sawyer gets, gets glasses. glasses. So <laughs> to me, this is like the, the boar story from season one, but like stupid. <laughs> yeah. Sawyer's like, man, this... And at first, actually at first, I think it's kind of weirdly... It weirdly works because it shows that like, no one gives a, Sawyer yeah. still thinks he can operate in a world where he can complain yeah. about his little problems he, and people will give he, a shit, but people don't give a shit. He talks to Jin, and Jin gives him, like, again, the acting in the show is so damn good. Jin gives him this look, and again, thank God, Jin doesn't know he was responsible for, like, indirectly for what happened to Sun, or Jin would have fucking murdered Jin would have locked guy. him in the armory <laughs> and beat him. Yeah, but, uh, but the look he gives him before walking off, it, yeah, it indicates, like, not not cool, dude. Not cool. So he's like all hung up about this tree frog. Ah, damn tree frog. And you just did so many horrible things to these people in the last episode. You want things to be all right. No and, one's going to help you. And I like that aspect of this Absolutely. Story. I like the aspect that Sawyer thinks, because Sawyer's like kind of a too cool for school guy. Well, and like the way he talks about it too, like as Jin walks away, he's like, what, we're not friends anymore? And it's like, a season ago you wouldn't have dared call anybody your friend like um you know you would have used the friend like ironically and maybe he's using the the word friend ironically too but in this same season he has used the word friend sincerely as well so <laughs> so the, he traipses off in the jungle to find this frog by the way how far away could this frog be like in, <laughs> is there only one frog on this island I don't know. It seems a little weak sauce. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Speaking of sauce, he comes across Hurley, who's really dipping into this giant vat of ranch. Who hasn't been there? <laughs> He's hiding food. Now, here's, here's what I don't understand. Like, I get Hurley's a compulsive eater, and that becomes a thing later. But at the very, you know, when at the beginning of this season, you know, with Everybody Hates Hugo, in that particular episode... Like, the whole crux of that episode was him not wanting to be responsible for keeping the inventory because then he becomes the bad guy for gatekeeping all this stuff for people, even though the smart thing to do would be to ration it out. His solution at the end of that episode, which we both hated, was to just pass everything out all willy-nilly. 
so why is this a big deal when like I guess the system they created was just just take what you want we don't give a shit yeah but I mean there's a difference between like I'm going to take an extra Apollo bar and I'm going to take a giant vat of ranch and a whole bunch of other things out. Cause now he's actively hiding it. I think we, th- there is another Hurley episode and we're going to get into this idea a little bit more of him and his eating and stuff like that. But Sawyer sees an opportunity to get someone to help him find this frog. Cause he's like, I won't tell anybody about your food. Uh, if you come help me. So Hurley does. And of course, Sawyer makes a bunch of fat jokes, calls him Babar. Well, he doesn't call him Babar. He calls him. It's like, it's Babar, you idiot. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and, Which I was like, I haven't heard Babar referenced in like a million years. And that cartoon elephant. <laughs> Hurley's finally had enough. And he's like, like, yeah, I get it. I'm the fat guy. Make it fun of the fat guy. Ha ha ha. And He's, he's like, like you least, can, you can help. <laughs> yeah. He's like, at least people like me. Yeah. Which, oh, snap. Like, I didn't just steal guns from everybody and declare myself king of the mountain or whatever. <laughs> and Sawyer does the rare Sawyer apology. At that yeah. Because he knows he's right. He knows, Sawyer's smart enough to know he's a Yeah, he's dick. being a dick. And so he says, I'm sorry. And it's, it's a sincere Sawyer apology. He's like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I need you to help me. Please help me with this. And who could resist Josh Holloway's puppy dog eyes? Certainly not Hurley. Not Hurley. (laughs) Certainly not me. (laughs) Continues on the journey to find that frog. And then they find the frog. And the frog jumps. And Sawyer does make a great catch. Like, this is where, like, I don't know where Sawyer grew up exactly. But I was like, He's clearly gone frog hunting before, right? He catches that frog, boom. And <laughs> he's got such good reflexes. He's got it in the palm of his hand. And, and it's a tiny little thing. It's a little, little baby frog that he looks at. And Hurley's like, hey, listen, I'm going to let me take that frog. Well, and like, so he's like petting it. He's like, yeah. oh, he's a happy little guy. It's yeah. cute. He's like, let me take that frog. Let me go bring it to some other beach somewhere so it doesn't bother you. And so he's like, like, I got another idea. <laughs> and he crushes the frog in his bare hands, which is disgusting. <laughs> Super gross. And um, that's the end of that storyline. Well, no, Sawyer's first, unrepented he, jerk still. He crushes the frog in his hands and then he dumps it into Hurley's hands. Oh, that's true. Which that's is an extra gross. Super thing. gross. Like this guy. After you insulted him and you had to make this heartfelt apology, continued on with you, and you, then you throw frog guts into his hand? That's gross and you're awful. <laughs> like, you know how um, at the end of uh, Charlie's recent episode, Fire Plus Water, we were like, why do we like Charlie? At the end of this B story, I was like, why do we like Sawyer? That's <laughs> such a dick thing you know to what? do. Sawyer's shown enough of a heart of gold in the <laughs> past. I'm I mean, like, why do we forgive him for this? This was awful. That was so terrible. Yeah, but he really, he made a meal out of killing that frog. That was, that is kind of upsetting. That was super upsetting because it's not even like, uh, like, oh, we'll, we'll cook it and we'll have like frog legs. It'll be a Cajun dinner. Like, no, he just like crushed it and then cook. dumped the guts. Well, because yeah, it was a little tiny thing. And then dumped the guts into his friend's open palm. Real gross, real not cool. Um, I will say one other thing about this. 
he was re- he might he might have amazing reflexes in terms of like grabbing that tree frog. I don't know about you, Will. How much about frogs just off the top of your head do you know? Very little. How does like and they're on an uncharted island where like polar bears and stuff end up for reasons unknown to them and the audience as of yet. Um like how do you know that the tree frog that you're not grabbing with your bare hands doesn't have poison skin, my dear? I was thinking it probably does. <laughs> but I don't know. Is it such a low level of poison that it wouldn't I don't know. I don't know. Some of those guys are well, like super toxic. Next week's storyline, Sawyer has a rash on his hand. That's the next beast storyline. <laughs> and then, for Sawyer. And then Sawyer gets so. a fever and dies. Yeah. <laughs> because he grabbed that tree frog and crushed it in his palm like a jerk. So, I thought this is a pretty great episode. Uh, I did too. And even in comparing like that, the dumb bee story to um, the boar storyline of season one, like it is kind of interesting looking at like Sawyer offering mercy to a creature that had been, you know, belligering him versus like this one where he doesn't show mercy. It's showing that he... They want us to feel like Sawyer is going further and further to the dark side. Mm-hmm. But we all know he can't stay there for no, long. No, no. Um, my Jacob mm-hmm. is, a ve- I mean, it's a very general one, but I feel it's an easy one. And Naveen Andrews in this oh, episode, so good. especially, like I said, he's been kind of neutered all season. He really gets time to shine. That interrogation scene, everything about it, He's brilliant in the way he turns, the way he steps back and then kind of doubles down emotionally. Uh, he's my Jacob. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I was going to say the interrogation scene just to, but to, for the sake of being different, I'm going to go with the hindsight of seeing all these different characters that we know uh, like Clancy Brown, like, like that we know have ramifications later on down the line. And the other thing, watching something, knowing that Henry Gale will become Benjamin Linus, who will be the, the big bad of the show in a lot of ways for a, a while, at least. Before Whitmore comes yeah. in. He, the, the interesting thing about that is, it, it is, you know, you watch a movie like The Sixth Sense and you like it because of the twist, but then you watch it again and there's fun in seeing what did I miss with the clues yeah. there and like that look and like a couple of other things. The clues, the clues are, are there. there. The clues are there. Absolutely. Um, my man in black, it's tough because this is kind of a perfect episode, yeah, this is but you know really what's not perfect? That CGI backgrounds you know? that make it, <laughs> that they're trying to make Hawaii look like Iraq. I thought the same rough. thing. <laughs> they're rough. And I give it a pass because it's a network show from 15 years ago. Exactly. This episode, uh, 14, 15 years ago, this episode probably aired. And like at the time, like I didn't think anything of it. Like, you know. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, those are rough. And just like, did, woof. <laughs> did you need to have them? Like, we get we're in Iraq. Like, we get we're in another. Like, it might yeah, have seeing been, those little CGI helicopters, it's like, ooh. <laughs> like, even just the buildings, like, <sighs> So that's my Man in Black. I think it's kind of a weak Man in Black, but that's my well, Man again, in Black. This is such a good episode, guys. We're just being nitpicky. It's okay. <laughs> this is an excellent episode. My Man in Black, 
I'm going to say uh, Danielle Rousseau inexplicably not, like, murdering the man <laughs> who kidnapped her baby. I can't wait till we get to that story because I'm convinced she doesn't know who kidnapped just that the others did. I mean, like I said, maybe... Well, I'm probably wrong because I just don't want there to be that big of a plot hole that you didn't have to even retcon because you could have done it a different way. I, I don't know. Maybe... Maybe I'm misremembering it. Maybe I wasn't paying fully attention like when that scene was going down. But I'm like, this is the man that kidnapped your baby. Why are you handing him off to the group of strangers that are hanging out on the beach? I think that's, I think that's a potential plot hole. And granted, again, I might be misremembering that. In the context of this episode, this episode is really, really good. And that CGI is like the one weak spot of this entire Look, episode. But I'm, I'm talking about like, I'm bringing my hindsight knowledge, which may or may not be flawed. Look, yell at us on Twitter when you're like, Absolutely. you idiots, don't you remember this? From <laughs> don't you remember she was blindfolded at the time? Or <laughs> yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I, um, I legitimately don't know. So, Megan, where can the people find you? Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Menguin. That's T-H-E-M-E-N-G-U-I-N. And you can follow me on Twitter at the real Will Link. And uh, until next time, see you in another life, brother. Hey there, everybody. I'm Will Link of No Love Lost. With me as always... Megan Salinas. Hey, everybody. And we're here to talk to you about the podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Uh, yeah, the podcast Jukebox Network has been super supportive of us as we venture back to the island. Uh, and so we just wanted to take a minute to thank uh, them and to let you guys know that you guys should be supporting the other podcast put on by this fantastic network. If you are enjoying No Love Lost, definitely give a listen to many of the other podcasts, far, many of which are far less vanilla than we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 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 off the Cuffs, which is kind of the flagship show of the network. It is the BDSM kink podcast that kind of launched this whole network uh, off. You've got the Goth Librarian podcast. You have Being There podcast, a great storytelling podcast. You have The Queers Next Door, also on the network. Uh, proud to be Kinky. Uh, Drinks with God. And a little podcast that's close to my heart, Megan. What is that one called? Will Sean Podcast? Yeah. Will hmm. he? I don't know. Spoiler alert. Uh, not as frequently as usual. <laughs> but you should definitely subscribe to all these shows. Rate them. Listen to them on iTunes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, these are all fantastic storytellers. It's so important to be sex positive. So go support these other podcasts. And uh, yeah, if you like us, you might like them. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. We're on the same network. <laughs> so yes, rate and subscribe to all these terrific shows. And don't forget to rate them all five stars. And also rate us five stars. Yeah, while you're at it, you're listening to us. Might as well give us a rating. <laughs> you're already there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs>